Welcome to part two of our anxious series. We continue on the topic uh, and of anxiousness and anxiety, but I want to ask you this question. What do you do when you're feeling anxious? Do you completely shut down? Do you get agitated or angry? Do you try to escape reality by binging on video games or Netflix or online shopping or food? Maybe you self-medicate in different ways to take the edge off. Maybe you go for a drive or a bike ride or a walk or, or you work out just something to give you a bit of a distraction and, or maybe even help you gather your thoughts. Maybe you read a book. Maybe you call up a friend. Maybe you look uh, for scripture on peace and wisdom. Uh, what do you do when you're feeling anxious? Well, the Apostle Paul, who lived during the first century, wrote these words while he was locked up in a prison cell in Rome, anxiously awaiting his execution. And these words are found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. And this is what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Part two of our anxious series is titled, Praying It Through. Praying It Through. Oftentimes, the biggest battles that we're going through are battles that others just don't see. These battles take place in the hidden confines of our mind. On the outside, we can present well, making things look like we're, we're all right and okay, but really inside, truthfully, we're a mess and everything is everything but okay. Our presence on social media can look like our lives are great, but it's only a masquerade to help try, or to hide the true reality of our situation. Are you feeling anxious or worried, feeling like you're carrying a huge weight, or you're battling insecurity, fighting fear, dealing with dread? What do you do when you're battling anxiety? Well, last week we learned that when it feels like we're in the middle of a windstorm, an earthquake, or a firestorm, that God is in fact right beside us, whispering in our ear, I'm right here. And that we shouldn't uh, allow the distractions that are all around us miss out on the God who's beside us. The Apostle Paul's advice to the church in Philippi during the first century applies to us today. And, and, and his words are in, in Philippians 4, 6 again, Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What is anxiety? Well, the answer is a bit complicated. You see, anxiety can be psychological. It can be emotional. It can be situational. And, but personally, I believe that it's always spiritual. And because anxiety is, is a complicated subject, we need to be uh, approaching this with a holistic approach. Uh, and it's essential that we do that, which means, first off, we take it to God in prayer and we seek
wise counsel from others, which can lead to seeking professional help uh, through way, uh, by way of uh, meeting with a therapist or a counselor or a psychiatrist. And this can also mean that we might require some medication to correct a chemical imbalance that's in our bodies. Often there can be a, an alternative method of going about this, like a natural route with, with supplements. Maybe even sometimes we can change our diet to help us. Uh, what's important here is, and I want to be abundantly clear, is that it's not a lack of faith to take a holistic approach to mental health. Because I'm a pastor and not a medical doctor, thank, thank the Lord, you wouldn't want my medical advice, but, and neither am I a trained counselor or a therapist or psychologist, my focus today will be on the spiritual aspect of anxiety. See, our bodies are a combination of three distinct parts. We're, we're a physical, uh, psychological, and spiritual beings, right? And all three of those parts are wrapped up into one body. And so it's good to have a holistic approach uh, when it comes to seeking wisdom uh, for, from professionals on each of these areas, uh, psychologically, uh, uh, physically, and, and, and emotionally, or uh, spiritually. So how many of you viewing today out there, how many of you drive or own a vehicle? How many? Have you ever had one of those annoying little red lights or orange lights come up on your dash uh, indicating that there's a problem? Any of you experienced that? Well, back at the end of March, I went to pick up our eldest daughter, Payden, uh, from Bible College in Saskatoon. Quick shout out to a rising college and seminary. Woohoo! Uh, I took our daughter, Hannah, uh, with me as well, and we split up the driving there and back. On the way home, however, uh, the orange check light, uh, check engine light came on. And we, it was in the wee hours of the morning. We were just uh, outside of Portage La Prairie. We were about three quarters of the way on our 22-hour journey. And we were tired and anxious to get home. And then that light went on. If you know me well enough, when a warning light like that goes on, it gives me anxiety. I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure out this problem right then and right now. So I pulled over to check, uh, check it out, but I couldn't find the problem. And, and, and so now I'm faced with a choice. Do, do we keep going or do we stop? So we just, we just prayed and gave it completely over to God and then just kept on going. But I'll tell you, uh, it was good. Uh, end of story, we did make it home safely. Uh, but let me just say this. When it comes to warning lights, right, when the check light or the check engine light comes on, it's indicating that there is a problem. And if we don't address the problem, it's only going to lead to a bigger problem, maybe possibly even a complete breakdown. You see, if we ignore the warnings, right, they won't just go away. See, that, that light is a signal indicating that there is indeed a problem. And if we're wise, we'll address that problem. If we can't figure it out on our own, then we go to YouTube, right? YouTube, the greatest mechanic ever. No, just kidding. Uh, we'll go to a mechanic or maybe we'll go to the dealership or to the manufacturer and find out what's indeed wrong to get some professional counsel on what to do. Anxiety, among uh, many things, is a signal alerting us that it's time to pray, right? It's time to pray. 
Anxiety is the single, the alert, uh, signal, the alert, the indicator that something's not right, that something's indeed wrong. And who better to go to than the one who's in control of it all? When I have a problem with my MacBook laptop, I contact Apple. Why? Because they're the manufacturer of my computer. They've created it and designed it and know all about it. They have wisdom and knowledge of what's going on with it and how to fix it. We too have a manufacturer and we call him God or, or Yahweh. And he created us and designed us and he knows all about us. Again, anxiety is the signal alerting us that it's time to pray. Because if it's too big, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Let me say that one more time. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Be anxious about nothing, but in every situation, take your request to who? What was that? I didn't hear you. Say it again. One more time. That's right. We take it to God, right? If you're worried about your future, pray about it. If you're worried about the second possible wave of COVID-19, pray about it. If you're worried about the long, dark winter that everybody's talking about, pray about it. If you're worried about an upcoming uh, doctor's appointment, pray about it. If you're worried about a big decision that you need to make, pray about it. If you're worried about employment, pray about it. If you're worried about a loved one who's sick, well, pray about it. If you're worried about your mental health, pray about it. Listen, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. So take your request to God. Maybe you're listening today and you're wondering how to do this thing called prayer. Maybe you've never done it before, or maybe you've been praying and wondering if God is actually hearing you. See, prayer is a simple conversation with God. It's it's, uh, and, and some people maybe ask, is there a right way or a wrong way to pray? And I love what Paul wrote. Again, I'm going to read this in a different translation. It says uh, in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. What is Paul simply saying here? Let your needs be known. You've got a problem? Tell God about it. You need to. Uh, you don't need to be an eloquent speaker or some prayer ninja or prayer warrior to say the, all the these and the thous and in that in order to be heard by God. Very simply, in your own words, tell Him what you're worried about. Tell Him what's making you anxious. Tell Him uh, your needs or, or your need for Him. Yes, He's the God of the universe and everything in it. So really. In fact, you still need to be respectful and treat him with the highest of reverence, right? But let him know how you feel and let your needs be known. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to how I pray, but I start off something like this. I start off with Heavenly Father. And there's a specific reason why I do this. I remind myself of who I'm talking to. You see, He's the one and only God over everything, but He's also my Father. He calls me his own. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it talks about that how God is, has adopted all of us and, and, and we are his children and that we can call him Abba, which when translated, uh, it means father. 
Every time I pray, I remind myself of who God is and who he is to me. He's my heavenly father. There are many different ways uh, we can communicate to our God. We can talk to him through, uh, like just through words verbally. We can write down our prayers on a, in a journal. We can sing out uh, our needs to God like, Lord, I need you more, more than yesterday. Lord, I need you. You, you can uh, uh, talk to him in your thoughts and in your mind, communicating with him spirit to spirit. You can shout out your praise and joy, uh, our prayers and joy, or you can shout them out in complaint or, or shout them out in anger. See, God's not shy, nor is he nervous. He's quite capable of handling any temper tantrum that you might have. God is the perfect parent. He's been parenting humanity for many centuries, since the beginning of time, throughout all the generations. And as a parent myself, I love being needed by my children. I love it when my children tell me how much they love me and, and, and cry out to me when, in the times of their need. And, I, and it, brings, it brings me comfort to know that I can bring them comfort. And, and it brings joy to my heart that knowing that I can fulfill their needs. And if that's any indication of how God feels about us, then why wouldn't we go to him in our time of need? in every situation, with prayer and petition, letting our needs be known to Him. What is anxiety? It's a signal alerting us to go to the one who loves us. Go to the one who's created us. Go to the one who can help us. It's a signal alerting us that it's time to indeed pray. I like how Peter uh, instructs us uh, how to handle anxiety. See, Peter's a guy who uh, had many anxious moments in his lifetime as a first century follower of Jesus. Listen to his instruction of what we should do uh, when we're anxious. And it's found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. It says, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Humbling ourselves before God means to surrender and submit. And, and that can be a difficult thing to do when we're anxious. We're, we're anxious and we're feeling like things are out of control and we want to grab hold of something, something out there, anything. And we want to grip it tightly. We'll do everything within our own power to gain control over the situation. But instead... We're to let go of that which we are holding on to tightly and reach out for God's hand. So many times, I've even preached this, and so many times others have said this, we need to let go and let God. But, but what do we, we're so used to hanging on to something. Well, listen, God has got his hand extended to us, and we can grip onto that. Submit our whole situation that's got us anxious over to God and allow him to take control. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. I think uh, what often happens is we try to handle things on our own, right? We try to fix it. Anyone out there a fixer? <laughs> Maybe your friend or your spouse tells you about a problem that they're having and you're like, well, you should do this or you should say that or you should try this or you should, you should, you should. 
Meanwhile, the person who's confiding in you wasn't really looking for a solution. They're just wanting to vent or air out their inner struggle. I admit I'm a fixer. I hear about a problem and my mind races immediately to, a, to, to figure out a solution. I try to look at all the variables, come up with a calculated plan of attack, but the best plan of all is going to God and seeking His counsel, seeking His discernment and guidance. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. The temptation is to try and go it alone. The problem, uh, to problem solve on your own, uh, to prove that we're mature and, and can handle the responsibility of being independent, to exhaust every possible option before waving the white flag of surrender. And we think that that's maturity, that, okay, God, I I'll try this on my own. If I really need your help, I I then I'll surrender, right? But that's not a sign. Surrendering to God is not a sign of weakness and, oh, sorry, God, I tried everything, but I guess I'd need your help after all. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of maturity. Knowing that uh, some things, possibly most things, are beyond your control, beyond our skill set, beyond our problem solving. Surrendering to God is the best action plan of all. Now, instead of relying solely on our own wisdom, we now can rely on God's wisdom. I wonder how much anxiety we face in this life is actually self-induced, right? Self-induced. We bring it upon ourselves. How much anxiety would we save ourselves from if we had just gone to God first? Experiencing peace when you're anxious doesn't necessarily mean the absence of problems and st stressful situations. Peace is found in the fix, uh, is not found in the fix, but the fixer. And who's the fixer? Jesus. This Peter who is giving this advice is the same guy who encountered many anxious moments while following Jesus. And there was one time in particular when Jesus or uh, Peter was in a boat with the other disciples without Jesus. And they were crossing the Sea of Galilee. And, and they just finished off a great day of ministry with Jesus. They, 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 they saw people getting healed. And, and, and Jesus just taught so incredibly, and there was a huge response. People are coming to give their lives to God, and, and miraculously, at supper time, when, when, when things looked hopeless, uh, Jesus uh, does the greatest miracle. He feeds over 5,000 people with a bag lunch of only five loaves of bread and two fishes. And when they're done, the disciples hopped in the boat to cross to the other side. But Jesus decides to stay and, and spend some time alone in prayer. Um, and you can find this whole account in Matthew chapter 14. As the disciples were sailing across the sea. Now, remember, they're tired. They've just had a, a big day of ministry. And, and, and then they encounter a huge storm. And things are not looking good for them. And they've been fighting the storm all evening. Now it's about 3 o'clock in the morning. And, and now uh, something appears on the water. It's Jesus walking on the water towards them. But listen, at first, these guys are terrified. They're thinking he's a ghost or this is some supernatural thing. Maybe they thought it was the Grim Reaper coming to collect their souls. I, I don't know. But they thought it was a ghost. But Jesus calls out to them and he says, don't be afraid. It's me. Jesus, I'm here. And then Peter calls out. We're going to pick up the story in, in verse 14, verse uh, in chapter 14, 
Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. And, he's, and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out or to come to you on the water. And then Jesus says, come. He says, come. And, and, and it goes on to say that Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Caught him. What was, what was that that Peter wrote again back in, in, in 1 Peter uh, verses, chapter 5, verse 6? Think about this for a moment. Uh, let, let's, just, let's just read it here. What did he say again? He says, humble yourselves, right? Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. What did Jesus do? Jesus extended his hand, right? That he may lift you up in due time. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. The storm is still raging all around Peter. The wind is still blowing and the waves are tossing him all around. And uh, the boat is, is, is no longer in reach. It's, it's, it's too far away and he can't get there. And he's flailing around. And the water, he's flailing around in the water completely out of control in this situation. And what does he do? What does he do in his desperation? Who does he call out to? The God who's always near. Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus, Jesus reaches out his hand towards him and lifts him out, up and out. Now, Jesus doesn't remove the wind nor the waves, and he doesn't remove Peter from the situation. Instead, he lifts Peter, uh, to, lifts Peter to rise above, above it. That which was threatening to drown him, threatening his life, the source of his anxiety is now beneath his feet. It's beneath his feet. And together, Jesus uh, at Peter's side, they walk together and get in the boat. They walk together to get in the boat. You see that, that thing that's, that's making you anxious right now? Jesus can lift you up and rise you above it. Where are you anxious today? What is it that's got you all anxious and, and keyed up inside? Are you facing something that's just too big for you, that's completely beyond your control? Maybe you feel a lot like Peter, flailing all around in the water, trying to grab onto something, anything, you know, uh, to save you. I want to remind you that it's never too late to call on Jesus. It's never too late. There's, there's, there's a reason why he's called Savior. Do you need saving today? In this moment, right here, right now, in your anxious moment, extending, he's there extending his helping hand to you, saying, I'm here, I'm here. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 21, he says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be saved. Are you needing rescued or, or are you needing saved from something that's too big for you? Maybe you don't feel like you're worthy of his rescue, but that's what makes it so incredible. You see, none of us are ever worthy enough. Not even Peter. We're not worthy enough to receive Jesus' rescue. But everyone, everyone who calls on the name will be saved. Why? Because though we're not worthy, Jesus is. If it's big enough to worry about, 
it's big enough to pray about. One last thing before we close. And uh, Peter said this in, uh, in, in verse, uh, 1 Peter chapter, um, chapter 5, verse 7. I want to read it again for you. It says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. See, that word cast in the original Greek language that the New Testament was uh, written in, uh, it means to throw. It means to release. It means to surrender. It means to let go. In other words, it means to completely let go of the anxiety and not taking it back again. It means to trust God completely. What is it that's got you anxious today? Is it the, what is it that is weighing heavily upon your soul? Uh, what burdens are you carrying that maybe you're carrying unnecessarily? If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Today, in this moment, you've got an opportunity to cast all your cares, all your anxieties onto God. Why? Because He cares for you. He loves you. And He gave His one and only Son for you. He's reaching out to you. He's right beside you. And when you walk through the floodwaters, He's there beside you. He won't let you drown. And when you walk through the fire, He's there beside you. He won't let you be burned. And when you're too weak to keep on keeping on, He's there beside you and He'll pick you up and He'll carry you. He'll provide the rest you need and the nourishment you need, the strength that you need. He will, leave, he will never leave you nor abandon you. He is always by your side and He's whispering in your ear, saying this, I'm right here. I'm right here. What do you do when you're feeling anxious? You pray, surrender, and cast. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I ask that the power of your word and the presence of your Holy Spirit would build our faith today. God, for those who are anxious, would you send your peace. May we have the courage to call out to you at the first sign of trouble instead of using you as a last resort. May we have the courage to surrender to you and to your plan. May we have the courage to let go of the things that make us anxious so that we can hold firmly onto you. Lord God, we release this all and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.